He says, when your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning? This is verse 20. Of the testimonies and the statutes and rules that the Lord our God has commanded you. Then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and grievous against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give us, give to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. This is the word of God. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Prepare our hearts to hear these testimonies. Prepare our hearts through your word. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone likes a good story, right? And it's made more obvious in this digital media age with Netflix and HBO On Demand and A&E and Hulu and all kind of on-demands and DVRs and being able to watch everywhere and anywhere, right, on your phone. We love television a lot in this age with its movie-like plots and series and complicated characters of who will live and die. And we hang with these characters for years. And we go around asking questions like, what are you, watch what are you watching right now? And it's Game of Thrones or Walking Dead or Luke Cage or Stranger Things or Empire and on and on. With all the technology we have and work with, you and I would not, still would not like straight data download of the facts, of the events, of the bottom line, right? Imagine if I were to take the point that the writers are trying to make in these stretched out shows and even book series. I mean, writers like Tolkien and Toni Morrison could make it a lot easier if we could just get a list of the points. What's your bottom line? Could you see it just, that, just like a cliff notes of, of a story, reading the story like about Lord of the Rings? Could you see it? Number one, friends should stick together. Number two, power corrupts. Number three, all that is bad will become untrue. The end. Or for people just to tell you in fact form what happened and who died. No, man, we don't want that. We want and welcome the process. We pay $15 for IMAX 3D to go through the process, the drama, the fear. Imagine if we just pooled our money together, got one person to go in. <laughs> and come out and say, let me tell you the point. It's one of these artsy movies. Here's what he's trying to say. One, two, three. You're good? Great. Your life changed? Good. Let's move on. You didn't have to pay for the expense of popcorn. Okay. The whole family didn't have to go. We want the thrill. We don't want to download. We want the process, the drama, the fear, the wonder. We want the experience. We want the sadness when your hero, a favorite person, dies and you wonder, are they going to come back through some dramatic way next season or when there seems to be no way out? 
We all live and are made to live for this story. Because we all, whether we know it or not, are in a story. Real life is a real story. And there is an author of faith. It is not about data and points and straight morals. It is about growing and learning and process and unknowns and history and uncertainty and surprises and cliffhangers and seasons and chapters. Today you will see and hear three testimony stories. And if you don't have a story, and you do, or know what, rather, you have an epic God-sized story in your life. Today is a good time to jump into the series. Now I must tout and brag and boast about something that sets these stories apart. From what you are most likely to get on Netflix. These stories are testimonies of believers in Jesus. These stories have power that other stories may not have because they focus on how God has been at work and worked in their lives. The Christian testimony does three things I want us to see quickly and experience today. Number one, it connects us to each other. Number two, it connects us to the Lord. And finally, it connects us to God's larger redemption story. To each other, to the Lord, to redemption story. In this passage that I just read, I don't know whether you saw it or, or got it, but, but the faith, right? The Jewish faith, the, the faith of God's people, the relationship of God is passed on, not with just giving the commandments, even though it mentions it, and rules of how to be a believer, even though it says here, look at these rules, look at these commandments you saw in, in, chapter, in the beginning of chapter 6, right? It is more, again, than data transfer, the relationship that God wants us to have, to have with us and human beings comes through again the story. It even says it itself at the beginning here through a testimony. And the details of the story become the communal, relational fabric, y'all, that holds those who hear and receive together as family. It connects them to each other, not the facts. The story of what God did brings others in and keeps them in relationship with each other. If you're not a church person or hadn't been to church in a while, I don't believe in this church stuff, but think about it outside of church for a minute. I can go online and have a conversation and get community with anyone through a story, right? Look at the fake version of the real things online. When they showed the, the, the beginning of Walking Dead, for those who watched that show, they had, when, when somebody died, like one of the main characters died at the beginning, people are crying, he's gone no he isn't he was on the couch he's on the couch in that show after the show right they're like hey how was it dying it was terrible like what did they know your contract was over i mean they're just naming it they're telling you exactly what's going on i didn't know i was written out the show but i they better it's better for them not to tell me before i actually act out the role so i can act it out for real you're hearing all of that and people are still oh he's gone glenn what happened i shouldn't have told you sorry See, don't you just want the facts? Uh, why go through the whole series? Why waste three or four hours of your time and during the summer to binge watch it? I'm just going to tell you about Glenn, right? Uh. But we get community. And they even had something. It looked like the support group, right? 
for the people who die, and they're, oh, and they're talking to each other. But here's the point. Even if it's sports, right, everyone gets to tell their angle of the same thing, and it creates, it creates a community. You know, God designed it that way. Like God wanted to see happen with his people Israel, but it says, tell your son, bring your son into the real family. Bring him into community with you and other people around him. The church is a worldwide community in large part because my story is your story and now our story. We are a family. We are brothers and sisters because I have shared the story and testimony of what God does. He is a main character in all of our individual stories. He's the God of the, ready Marvel comic fans, multiverse, right? And it's written into the lives of individual believers and that makes us more than friends, no less than friends. It makes us family, y'all. Some of you are lonely. And don't feel connected to others and even to God because we have not found community in large part through the testimony. Through hearing and telling and sharing what God, the same God, has done of what happened to you. What the, the ups and downs economically and psychologically and emotionally logistically, right? God is like a personal interstate, y'all. A highway, a road that joins us, right? Commuting and communicating and connecting us to the populace of broken people that he's affected. Making us a kingdom of people, of individuals from different places into one people. Testimonies make us travel and experience each other in a way we can't without it. So we must come to church. You can't do it online. Online is a lie. Pastor Brown said that? Yes, I did. You can put it on Facebook. Online, you can tweet that, right? Online is a lie of community. When you hear these testimonies, real people, you can touch and feel next week if they ain't here today. You can see them. And some of us, we just at home doing church. We at home doing community, dipping and getting where we want. And we're wondering why we're losing our humanity. You know, I thought about this. And I can brag about what God does in the church, right? You should be a part of what goes on in a local church. Let me just go ahead and say that I am a proponent of the local church and being a member and being involved in everything you possibly be involved in. Why? Because I think that's what the Bible teaches here. You're sharing a story, your stories with each other, and that kind of stuff happens around, not just in the worship service at meet and greet when you tell somebody real quick and you're like, I don't like that because that's small talk. No, we're kind of connecting the interstate a little bit and it, and it begins to connect more and more. It's what happens around the worship service. It's after and before midweek, right? It's after and before community group, right? It's the kind of stuff where you're kind of talking and the next thing you know, oh, I'm running late, right? It's that kind of stuff. You can't get that at home. You can't get that in virtual world. But I want to move on. Not only connected, because we got the homily, right? Okay. Not only connected with each other, the testimony connects us to God. Pastor Brown, make the story short, right? You know, a 30-minute show is only like 15 minutes long with the commercials, or 20 or something like that, 22, something like that. Anyway. I just thought I'd throw that out there because I'm in TV mode. When we talk about our ups and downs and how God delivers us, it illustrates, y'all. Right? It brings to life the character and person of God. 
God reveals who he is and how he is that much more and deeper through the real life stories of what he has done. Look at verse 20 here. It says, when your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Testimonies. That's not the testimonies primarily of the people. It's God's testimony, right? That God is saying, here I am. This is me. Let me tell you who I am. Let me reveal myself. Let me tell you my story. Through the details of your story, you will see it. You see, when people experience God in their lives, their lives are touched and moved and entered into by the divine God, y'all. And every now and then you kind of feel, I do all the time when I'm just in doing mundane things, I just kind of wish God would be more evident in my life. Like he's seeming to be in the Old Testament story here about Israel being in Egypt and the plagues and all of those things. Do you realize how many years are going on here? <laughs> thousands upon thousands of years. And we have, what, 66 books? So when we look at the Bible, it's like a concentrated story. And we look at it and we say, man, if God could only be evident like he was with them, a fire at night, a cloud in the day, all kind of miracles, man, then I would believe. But you have experienced it. You just haven't testified to it yet. You know, when God's work becomes obvious, do you know when you actually sit down and consider him for a little while, right? And think about it. This is what he's asking his son, telling his son to do in the story of Israel. I want you to, this is a practice, not like the history of Israel. I want you to sit down. I want you to think about it. I want us to sit down and process what years and hundreds of years of history together of what God has done. What you have to say, and, and you sit down, and you think, and you process what you have to say about God being in your life. You will then see God in the story of your life and others, right? You get the theology of what is going on when you testify. When you go through the act, it is an act, right? It is a spiritual discipline to participate in putting sound and meaning and, and describing the plot of your life. There's often an aha moment that happens when you take time to share and put the pieces of the puzzle. You know, one little puzzle piece doesn't make sense until you get a big picture you're trying to put it together, a picture of God together that doesn't make sense scattered and sitting in front of you. Because sometimes, here's the point, when you are in the middle of a chapter or too close to the live action of things, you can't see God like you can when you pull back and begin to think about what it is you have to be thankful for. And step back like a, like a good show. Step back and take the B-roll of your life with God as the main character. Last night we, you know, we didn't party too hard. After the game, we ate some, Kelly made some low country boil, you know, some crab legs and shrimp. It was great. And we sat there and she was like, let's, let's sit down and talk about um, what I was thinking about this and other stuff. And um, she was like, let's sit down. Howard, just sit down. Let's just talk about what we were thankful for in 2016. And, of course, we're sitting in a new house. We moved in 23rd and among boxes and everything. And um, we just told the story 
of what happened in 2016 from selling our house here, getting that ready to sell, and getting out the rental, and then getting this house and all the process. And we just were like, thank God, for the process is over except for the boxes. You know, I wonder something. See, this is what makes a sermon long. <laughs> all right, but you know what I wonder? I'm going to go ahead and do it. Because I think it's a really profound thought. When I look at the amount of stuff I have, wouldn't it be great if we were able to unpack each other's stuff? Wouldn't that be nice? Could you come over and unpack my boxes and throw away what you think I don't need? <laughs> yeah! It would work! You'd be like, you don't need this. You don't need that. Who cares about this person? What is this? Uh, oh, wait, that was when I was in ninth grade and won the award for participation. That needs to go under garbage. You know, like, it would be great if we got it. Maybe that's what God means by community. But what's funny is when we talked about the house stuff, we could see it in a way I couldn't see when I was grabbing garbage with my bare hands out of the corners of my shed of the house I was selling, right? Right in that moment, or looking at a huge crack in the foundation of the house I was trying to sell, where's God? What kind of story is that? When you're in it, when you're crawling, when I'm in the crawl space of my house, grabbing stuff off the ground in the dirt, digging, right at that moment, right, in 90-degree weather, I'm thinking, I'm not thinking, what a testimony. <laughs> or putting another box on the truck. Or opening another box up. Lord have mercy. I had to pull back last night and tell it. And as I told it, God was there. I clearly saw him. And I could see miracles, y'all. I could see miracles. I could see him working. You know, it's like those crazy Jesus plaques where it kind of looked like just sticks on the board. And then you pull back, Jesus. That means you saved. No, it doesn't. Can you see what this means? No, I can't. Your heart ain't right before God. I, that ain't the test. Trust me. This passage also teaches one final thing here. When we, okay, just going back to it, it, guys, I want you to know that the details and plots and circumstances and uncertainties in your life that you're like this close to, testimony says, I can't see God, but when I pull back, and I force myself in the discipline of telling the story, knowing who God is. Wow, it looks like the Old Testament stories. It looks like a New Testament story. It's like God worked. Final point here. This passage also teaches us that we connect to his story. You know what the story of the Egyptian slavery and freedom said? Our story, the details, plot, and ebb and flow of things that happen that happened in my life with God at work as the main character, that it puts me in my story like an episode, y'all. In the series, in the epic of God's redemption of the world. It is interesting in this passage that the son who has told the story just probably never personally went through what is now his story. The generations who were told this story learned what it meant to be God's chosen people, God's loved ones, and more than that, the story was used to make them righteous. 
Look at verse 23. And he brought us up from here, he, t- he tells the story, that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give, us to, our, give to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. And it will be righteousness for us. If we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us, we need to hear God's story. I'm just going to jump on in of how Jesus saved us and made us righteous and how he kept, keeps us his people. We need to hear his story, the story of a righteous one who makes everyone righteous by grace and never leaves or forsakes us and walks with us and keeps us and loves us. We need to hear and see and experience his story and him through people's testimony. Guess what? In order to be saved. The only way you hear about Jesus, the only way you hear the gospel is someone actually comes up and says, let me tell you what I see. Let me tell you what I saw. Let me tell you what happened. Let me show you what the word says. It is a story of God's redemption of you by grace. Through people's testimonies. Amazing. We're saved, encouraged, empowered, and comforted. Let God use these stories today. And beyond this, take the time. And this is the praise part. To be thankful. Sit down with somebody else and make a story. Remember Laurie Prince? She had the class on writing your testimony and writing your story. And that was more than just a technical English class. That was writing your story. And when you saw it on the page, you're like, good Lord, God is real. We need to do that. Do it with your spouse. Do it with your friend. Do it with your father, your mother, somebody. Even if the person don't know the Lord, just, yeah, let's, that might be something. Just sit down and say, let me, t- I just need to sit down and talk to, through my life with somebody of what God did. And I didn't see it all the time. Let this encourage you and comfort you. And for those who would be part of the story of God's grace. I pray that it saves you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you called us to tell the story. And it's powerful to connect us to each other and to be able to see you and, Lord, to hear the gospel. That we were once sinners, slaves in Egypt, if you will. And by your grace, you redeemed us. And now we're righteous. And we will always forever be written in the epic of God's love for fallen humanity. Thank you for that, God. We pray this through these stories. Right now, in Jesus' name. Amen.